Hey everybody, Josh Neighbors here at Locked On Nationals Podcast, May 9th, 2022. Our show today is with Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington. He visits us as he does every single week. We discuss the series from the weekend. One quick note before we get going, uh, Matt did have some connection issues, so this will be posted on YouTube in video form, but like you guys can't see us, which is totally fine. You know, you know, we're not really doing anything anyway besides talking. Um, also I did my best to cut out where his connection cuts out, uh, you know, was not perfect with it, but did my best to piece some stuff together. Just a bad connection day uh, on his end, which, you know, it happens and not a big deal at all, but did my best to, cu- uh, to catch as much of it as, as I could. Uh, so if you hear some static stuff, that's why. All right. Enjoy. Static stuff. That's you are locked on nationals. Your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Nationals podcast. I am Josh Neighbors. Joining us today, it is Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington. Matt, appreciate your time as always. How are you, man? Doing well, Josh. Thanks again for having me on. Yes. So eventful weekend for the Nationals. They end their road trip. um, And they, you know, right now, I always like to do this as we start the show. Right now, they are 10 and 20 overall, which puts them dead last, the National League East. They're 10 games behind the Mets. Uh, They've won four of their last 10, seven and nine away against their three and 11 home records. So I think that's kind of where to start. Like overall, they actually played, I think pretty decent baseball for them on the road trip, right? They take two of three um, in their series against the giants, which is a pretty good accomplishment. They have the three losses in a row, two to Colorado. And they win the first game against Colorado, I should say. Then they have the two losses back to back and some, you know, especially that last game was kind of compelling. And then they blow the lead in the final game, which would have given them actually an overall positive record. They would have been five and four in the nine game road trip. They end up at four and five slim margins. And I think it's kind of the thing here is like that, you know, when your team's not great, usually the better teams will, will pull them out on you more often than not. I think that's what we saw losing back-to-back series and losing the final game too. Yeah. You know, they definitely played a good series, had a chance to beat the angels and win the series uh, on the final day going into the ninth inning. It looked like, that was exactly what was going to happen. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way and kind of uh, puts a sour ending to an otherwise, you know, I would say overall positive road trip. I mean, you know, the wins and losses aren't really what's important here. Right. Uh, it's about what we're seeing from the young guys on this team and the development they're showing. And, you know, Josiah Gray turned in two quality starts uh, on this road trip. We had Yoan and Doan uh, look good on Friday night against the, the Angels. So, you know, K-Bert Ruiz is coming through in a big way defensively also putting putting together some solid offensive performances. I think overall, you know, those young pieces came out and, and showed out uh, in a lot of ways. And I think there are a lot of positives to draw from it. Yeah. And so let's, let's work our way backwards. Yesterday's game ends the Nats blow a two run lead in the ninth, which sucks. You know, it's not great, but the upshot is this, is that that inning that Tanner Rainey had, you know, allows three runs. Um, and look, I also, if we're going to lose to anybody, I think, you know, I think the attitude has to be, if you're a Nats fan, Anthony Rendon beating you, not not a horrible way to go, right? Not the worst way to lose a game. It's good to see him, especially we know how much he struggled there 
But the upshot for Tanneraney is like those are actually the first runs he's allowed, right? He's been really strong so far. And these things happen to closers. Like eventually it's going to happen. And so to him, it did. Um, and he lost out to two really good hitters, especially, you know, did the damage Otani and, uh, and then Anthony Rendon. So I would say, yeah, not his best day, but he's had a lot of really good days, the nationals in a new role after a bounce back year. So that's kind of the upshot in my opinion. Do you agree? Yeah. And Rainey had allowed all season and as a result, also the first blown save of the season, like you said, it's going to happen from time to time. Even the best closers are going to blow a few saves throughout the season. So you know, as, as long as he bounces back and, and continues to look like he did over his first eight appearances. Yeah, on the last homestand, you know, we saw Rainey load the bases uh, with, I believe it was either no outs or one out. I think it was no outs uh, and work his way out of it. Uh, you know, him finally giving up those first runs of the year. He is able to move past it. You know, I wouldn't worry about him long term. Yeah. And then um, you mentioned starters and I've grappled so much with this idea throughout the season of like, what is a good start, right? Because there's so much context when you ask what a good what a good start is. All right, a good start for Max Scherzer and a good start for Eric Fetty are two totally different things, right? Um, and also the context of a game matters too. And so, you know, yesterday's start for Eric Fetty, I would say, was a a good one. There's no runs allowed through five innings, right? But the Nationals' big problem is depth. Like his start against Colorado was awesome because he goes 102 pitches and it gets him through seven full innings. And so yesterday, you know, it was a really strong start, no runs allowed, but he, you know, he can't, five full is strong, right? Like they got to start extending some guys. And look, he's a guy that, um, you know, you're not going to protect like a Juan Adon, right? Eric Fetty's been around for a minute. So what was a great start, no runs allowed, you know, um, I would say like, I think the idea of like what is a good start for each guy is different. And so I would say it was a good start, a strong start, but I like the Colorado start more, even though he allowed one run because he gave it more length. Uh, there's a lot of times the Nats are asking their guys to get four, um, uh, 12, uh, let's see, 12 outs. Yes. As opposed to, you know, nine or six. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, but he's been around a while. You have higher expectations for him at this point in his career. Uh, but his big problem has been his inability to repeat, you know, strong starts. You, you mentioned the Colorado outing where he went seven innings, one run. It was a great performance for him. And that's, I think, when Fetty is at his bad ball. So, uh, you know, for him in this last this weekend, he comes out and is ultimately undone by a lot of walks, you know, long at bats. He had, a, a I believe, a 20 pitch inning in the first inning and then a 26 third inning. Uh, you know, that's going to prevent you from going very deep in the game. You got to be able to get out of uh, at bats quicker. And, you know, that's, that's something that Davey Martinez has talked in the past about Fetty and that he really nibbles around the strike zone. A ground ball pitcher that can be in a throw of strikes uh, when you're in two strike counts uh, in, in order to try to put guys away. And, and ultimately Fetty can struggle with that, whether it's a confidence or a location issue, uh, not sure, but, you know, ultimately he's got to be able to make those pitches. Uh, so, you know, this next time out, I would just look for him to do the same, you know, try to replicate uh, you know, the ground balls try to c carry over his success. This was a solid outing, not a bad outing. Certainly when you give up no right. runs, you're going to be happy with that. Uh, but, you know, if he can be consistent and start to put together, you know, two, three, four outings like this in a row, I think the Nationals would certainly take it. Yeah, and, and he's following, you know, when you're in the rotation, you're following Gray and Adone. It's tough, too, because, you know, it's a spot where you'd like to get some more length just because typically they're protecting those guys a lot more, right? Whether it be their age. Well, it's, it's the combination of things, right? It's their age. Plus I think especially on a Dones account, 
not as you know it's he's, he's 23 and he's trying to learn how to pitch in the majors and so, gray has you know long injury history from last year they're not trying to you know have that shoulder become a problem again so they're definitely being a little bit cautious with him right and also he's got to learn how to get through a lineup a third time right i mean that's you know that's, yeah. that's a that's a huge learning process too as guys learn you so that, that's difficult right it's difficult but you know Overall, yeah, that's, that's and now as a fifth starter, it's fine, right? If he's a fourth or fifth guy, and that's that's ultimately where he lands. Um, but you know, I, I think as like I, once again, this is not a criticism, but I think there is something to say. It's yeah, I mean, he walked five, I think five guys yesterday is what it ends up being. So yeah, there's a little bit of nibbling happening happening there, and you know, maybe just needs to be a bit more efficient. But overall, right, good performance. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you can't be mad about the the results of the outing. He put them in a position to win. Uh, it's, it's really just, you know, can he avoid the seven run blow up the next time? You know, that's, that's always kind of how it is with Betty. Whenever he seems to put together his best starts, it always seems to be followed by a clunker. So this was not a clunker. And I think should be a positive sign. Now you just got to see if, you know, he can continue that and make it as rather than just a one-off two-off type deal. And all right, let's talk about the game. The nationals won on the weekend, but first a quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by bet online and BetOnline.net. Plenty of odds coming out right now especially for the uh, college football or who's going to win their conferences. That's, that's big. Um, you guys can go check that out. Oh, by the way, Matt, when, when are you JMU Dukes due to make the, the jump to FBS? They're doing it, right? It is. It's this season. Yeah. This will be the first one in the Sun Belt. Let's go Dukes. So you can go bet on them to win the Sun Belt. Uh, you guys can do that at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. Also, you could have bet on uh, whatever that horse's name was. Did you watch the Derby this weekend? I did not watch the Derby. Was my I was in Radford, my brother's college graduation. A lot was going on, so I unfortunately didn't get to watch. Did get to watch the Caps though, so that was good. Eighty to one horse wins the Derby, so you could have bet on him there as well. Go to Bet Online and BetOnline.net today. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. All right, so Nationals had a couple losses. Well, they had three in a row, then the one win. But uh, Josiah Gray, another decent start, five innings, five hits. Three runs, they were earned. Um, and then also three Ks as well. He goes 83 pitches. And then the bullpen was was awesome. Uh, they, they were pretty much, you know, C-check. Uh, Ramirez had a little bit of traffic, but then handled it all pretty well. And then Randy ends up getting the job done in the ninth. So this was another one of those strong starts, right? He puts them in position um, uh, to win. Guess what hurt him, though? It was the long ball. Shocking, shocking, shocking. So what do you think has to change? Because once again, it's a good start. You put him in position to win. Now, once again, this is a guy who's pretty new to the majors, and this is kind of par for the course for him, I would say. But what do you think needs to change for him to avoid avoid the long ball? Because it continues to hurt him, and obviously he knows it, too. For sure. You know, I think that, you know, you can be successful in the major leagues as a fly ball hitter. And honestly, I think that the baseball has got to be helping him out right now. And the fact that it seems to be uh, less prone to flying, fly, flying far in ballparks. So that's going to be something interesting to watch. So that tells you he's getting fly balls, not turning into home runs at this point. Uh, so, you know, if he is going to be a fly ball pitcher, you would expect that strikeout total to be a little bit higher than maybe it's been the last couple of outings. Uh, you know, that's something that he's working towards. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that that overall, you know, Max Scherzer showed that you can be a successful pitcher when you give up a lot of home runs. And he's definitely not the only pitcher in that regard uh, to succeed while giving up a few long balls. It's, you know, whether or not they're hitting home runs on pitches that you were intentionally you're throwing a slider down and it drifts up towards the zone or that just doesn't break. Those are the kind of home runs that you got to be 
afraid about, afraid of, you know, and, and I don't, haven't really seen that from Josiah Gray so far. It's been more on challenge pitches. Uh, so I, I think that the, what the home runs he's giving up right now are okay. Uh, it's just a matter of not letting them, you know, become problematic. And this was a game where the, the offense did get going and give him some support. So that was good to see. Um, and, and then also, you know, let's go to, to the, uh, the Friday game. This one was a, a, a bit, a bit different for the nationals. You know, this is, uh, one of those losses where the offense kind of looked like the old nationals offense. And, you know, I would say that the offense was, I thought for the back part of the road trip, like pretty decent for the most part. Right. This is one of those, just one of those old Nats games. Where the offense did not show up. What did show up for the nationals was Joanna Doan. And so kind of, this kind of gets to our conversation earlier about context, right? About like what, what is a good start? I would say for a Doan, five innings, three hits, three runs, six Ks, like there, there's, there's stuff we can work with there, right? Six Ks, like that, that shows you your stuff is, is kind of progressing and you can get guys out with it. Um, you know, with him, he, I think he's a really, he's a real interesting case for the Nationals, right? Like at this point, if you had other options, this would not be a guy who's in your rotation, right? But he is showing signs of getting, you know, semi-consistently getting major league hitters out with this stuff, um, you know, via strikeout. So I, I find him to be a fascinating case for, case for the Nats right now. And you're going to throw the exact same pitch you struck him out last time, the best hitter in baseball. You know, he's going to know what you threw him last time. He's going to be able to be ready for it. And when you throw the exact same pitch in the exact same location, probably going to have a different result. And that's exactly what happened. So other than that pitch, I thought Adon honestly uh, had one of his better outings of the year. Uh, you know, he he has had, you know, those clunkers where he's given up six or seven runs. So like Fetty, we're going to be looking for more consistency out of him. But, you know, that curveball, it's pretty nasty. Throwing it for strikes, especially. It's got great movement on it. Really changeable from that sinker. Uh, I just would like to see him get that change up involved a bit more he only throws it eight percent of the time right really throwing it for strikes if he can carry off-speed pitch for especially for when his curveball isn't working i think that could be a good weapon for him and really allow him to take a step forward as a starter and offensively was you know you mentioned k bear ruiz was there anything in particular that you liked overall from the uh from the road trip or just any player you know you want to want to single out i mean I, I have to say like you and i have talked about it though but you know I hate the, the skeptic in me. I'm waiting for the Josh Bell drop off. It's just not coming. Like this is, you know, this is his year. Um, and it kind of, it, it feels like it always circles back to me for the, should they have extended him? Cause the longer this goes, the more valuable he becomes. And if the nationals want to keep a guy like that there, you know, look, once again, the sale is imminent uh, or, well, you know, it, we know sales could be coming at least a part of the team. Not sure how that affects things. Who wants to spend, who doesn't want to spend whatever. But, um, you know, he's just not slowing down. And so talk about Josh Bell and then anything else that you want to mention from the offense on the road trip. Yeah, there are two factors that tell me that this Josh Bell uh, offensive explosion is for real. Since June 1st of last season, so this is including when he was hitting well last year after getting a slow start, having COVID, uh, have not being able to train in facility, losing his timing, all those things. When he did start to heat up by June 1st of last year, since then, he has walked more than he struck out which is not something that we had seen from Josh Bell even back in 2019 when he had that career year for the Pirates. Uh, that is a new development and something that I think shows that of his him taking step forwards in his approach. 
And the other thing being that his lefty righty splits are really not all that far apart. You know, traditionally he's hit much better from the left side than he has the right. He does have all of his home runs as a left-handed hitter this year, but he's still hitting for very high average, getting a high OBP from the right side. And I think that just shows you how locked in he is from both sides of the plate in a way that we really haven't seen from Josh Bell before. So, you know, between him hitting well from both sides and really not striking out as much as he usually does, that tells me that this this Josh Bell has turned a corner and he is showing that he is at least a top 10 first baseman uh, in baseball. And I think making a push for the conversation of top five as we get closer to all-star game uh, ballots being opened you know, in the not-so-distant future, I think he's got to be in the conversation for first base uh, in the National League along with Eric Hosmer. Yeah, I mean, you know, I wouldn't say it's – well, actually, this statement would be crazy. If you told me before the year started that like Josh Bell would have a much clearer cut, better all-star case than Juan Soto, you know – I would have been like, wow, I mean, that's better than, you know, what 2019 Josh Bell was like. that. That's, mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I guess it would have been a crazy thing to say, right? Like that statement would have been shocking to you too, correct? Yeah, I mean, coming into the year, honestly, I was pretty high on Bell. Uh, you know, I felt like that he did really come – like everybody just had a, a tainted view of him because of those first two months of the season last right. year. And, and deservedly so. It was a really bad – Two months of the well, season, but COVID before, like in spring training, was because I remember he was locked in in spring training last year, right? And he was great last year, and then um, he had to join the team. You know, I think it, they were in St. Louis, maybe or something like that, and that's when he showed up, and so it completely threw his rhythm off. I forgot if he had COVID or not, though. Isolate for ten days, and that was really the big thing. Uh, going the cage, he wasn't taking pitches, he wasn't you know staying locked in, and, and really affected him. He's a guy who for a long time has, you know, really have developed a reputation for constantly tweaking his swing. Like depending on how he's feeling on either side, you know, he's moving his hands up, moving his leg, you know, whatever. He's making adjustments on the fly a lot throughout the season. Uh, it's not just one swing that he's trying to repeat the entire year. So, you know, for a guy who is constantly messing with things and it depends on his feel when he comes in after, you know, basically being locked in in a hotel room for 10 days, that's going to you know really affect his timing, and it took him you know longer than he probably would have liked to get locked in. But once he did, uh, you he really started hitting like one of the better hitters in baseball. All right, Matt, what are you working on right now that you want to tell the folks about? Uh, I don't have anything in the queue at the moment, but I am preparing to go to the ballpark a couple times this week. They got a series with the Mets, mm-hmm. uh, so Max Scherzer, I believe, is going to be pitching uh, in this series. So that's always something uh, to be actually. Is he pitching? Because he pitched yesterday. He might actually. He pitched on. Well, it, it's right because he got bumped back due to the yeah. weather. So yeah. Because so of that, be, actually, yeah, yeah, he won't. We won't see him. But no, um, you know, the Mets are playing really good baseball, so that's going to be great. And then we have the Astros coming into town uh, Friday Ooh. through Sunday, so I'm definitely going to be there for some of that series uh, as Dusty Baker makes his return to Washington, and then after yeah. play Houston for the first time since the World Series. So a lot of storylines story galore. One. Yeah, it'll be great. One more quick word from our sponsors on today's show. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to built.com today. That's built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at built.com. What they've got going right now, flavors I'm sure you all will enjoy. Just a few here, banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. And they're always releasing new flavors as well. Built Bars, most of them have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs, as well as 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar that's got around 240 calories, 
30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So go to Built.com today. That's Built.com, promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, for 15% off at Built.com today. Uh, all right, Matt, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? Yeah, you can check me out on Twitter over at ByMattWyrick or on NBCSportsWashington.com for all of my written work. Matt Wyrick, NBC Sports Washington, thank you so much for your time. No problem, Josh. Thanks for having me.